Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Cindy Spiegel is the author of Microjoys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. Cindy is a born storyteller turned writer. She is a beloved inspirational speaker, author, and the founder of Dear Grown-Ass Women, an inclusive and highly relatable social community for women 35 plus. Her new book, Microjoys, explores how fleeting moments of beauty and joy have helped her weather the worst year of her life and on growing grief. She also wrote the best-selling book, A Year of Positive Thinking, Daily Inspiration, Wisdom, and Courage. Cindy is an aspirational voice and an igniter of powerful conversation. Before imploding her life the first time at the age of 35, she spent 15 years in the New York fashion industry. 
She is a former adjunct professor at Parsons School of Design and Fashion Institute of Technology and holds a master's of professional studies. She is NYC APP certified in applied positive psychology and is also a trained yoga and meditation teacher. Her honest storytelling, vulnerable self-inquiry, and penchant for swear words have made her a sought-after speaker and facilitator for conferences, brands, and organizations. And she has been featured in publications such as Entrepreneur, Forbes, Glamour, Teen Vogue, and the Huffington Post. She currently lives in New Jersey with her very handsome, her words, not mine, although I don't know, I haven't seen him, photographer husband, two cats, way too many patterns, and an excessive number of houseplants. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss micro joys, finding hope, especially when life is not okay. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I know I was just raving. This book is so special. It's so meaningful. You share all of your own experiences with loss and illness and just your own illness. There's just so much with your family and all the things you've gone through. And yet you've decided to take all that, find the joy in all these everyday moments and then write about it. So the rest of us like don't miss the joy, basically. It's so awesome. Tell me how this whole thing, when did you decide to make this a book? And I'm so sorry for all the stuff you've been through. And I'm so impressed that you got it that you decided to give this gift of a book to everybody else. Well, thank you for saying that. The first thing I will acknowledge is that this is just life stuff, you know, no need to be sorry. I think it just is what it is. We each have, you know, cards that were dealt, but I appreciate that. After my nephew was killed, which was uh, May of 2020, so recent and I forget these dates, uh, May of 2020, you know, actually I'm going to back up a little bit to because I had written a book called The Year of Positive Thinking. And when my nephew was murdered, I was just in a hole. Like, you don't, that's the kind of thing that doesn't happen to you. It happens to everybody else, you know, according to a true crime, Uh, but it doesn't happen to you. And when it hits home, for me, I didn't know what to do. But what I did know for sure was that I could not rely on the tools that I had been teaching for a very long time, the book that I'd written like these sort of pithy ways and quotes were no longer going to serve me when the shit hit the fan. And then shortly thereafter, my mom passed away four months after my nephew died. And I just remember feeling like I didn't recognize myself anymore because I'd always been an optimist from as far back as I could remember and couldn't find anything to feel good about. And slowly after, somewhere in between where my nephew passed and my mom died, I started talking about microjoys on Instagram. And microjoys aren't about small joy. They're about things that are accessible to us in the everyday without us having to reach for them. And, you know, I would start talking about maybe a flower that I'd seen while walking or, you know, I, I was going through a photo album and my nephew was there in the photo album and how that brought me joy. And all of these moments that were right in front of me. And I think other people really, again, this was in the height of the the pandemic. And so folks really sort of caught on to that and started sharing, like DMing me their own micro joys, which I thought was incredible and really so healing in the midst of everything else going on. And so it, it certainly wasn't a plan to write a book, but a publisher reached out probably a year afterwards and asked if I'd be interested in writing a book. And I thought, huh. Sure. I'm a firm believer that if an opportunity presents itself, we show up for it. But it's certainly never never the plan. Uh, but the book happens. Here we are. 
Oh my gosh. So the one thing that I was unclear about in the book, and maybe I missed it somehow, but you yeah. you talk about your nephew being murdered a lot, but you don't go into what happened. Yeah. And that's on purpose. You know, okay. part of it is because it's not my story to tell, and I don't think it matters. You know, he was uh, violently murdered, and it was a complete random act of violence. And it's still, there's still ongoing legal proceedings. This will be ongoing for a while. My nephew was 32. Your nephew was 32. Yeah, he was 32. And I'm very mindful, I hope, in the book of not telling anyone else's stories. You know, my my brother, his mom, brothers, I feel like that's, those are details that if they want to share it, they can, but I'm not going to. Okay. Sorry. I no, should have no, okay. known there was a reason you didn't include it. So I'm like, <laughs> that's okay. Hey, that's all right. It's no, like, it's important you ask because I think people will ask that and I should just get used to people asking. Yeah. Um, and no, so it's totally fine that you asked. Absolutely. So you said, you know, this is just life. This is what happens. And I know that yeah. life does happen and we all get dealt the bad cards that we do and the illnesses, and the people we love and all of that. But I, I do feel and the that, good ones. that and the good ones. I just think the time compression of all this for you, and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm so happy you found this essentially this coping mechanism for getting through. But it was yeah. quite a lot. I mean, <laughs> and your mom was the one who had told you about your nephew, and then she died, and then you got breast cancer, and your other brother had a stroke, and it, like heart disease. I mean, it was just one thing after another, and yeah. um, and yet you handled it all with such grace. In the book, you have chapters on things like doing nothing, or you know. Everything from the big to the small, going into a Brooklyn store and like just like being present. I I feel like the book is about being present and seeing all the little things that are so easy to miss, like the bright sunshine through a clear window and like just all the moments. How is it so helpful to keep it all at the same time, right? To, To have the pain and also the beauty. Like, how is this? How can everybody sort of benefit from this juxtaposition the way you have? Well, the first thing I would say is that I did not move through this with grace. I mean, it may (laughs) seem like that on the other side of it. I mean, literally like, you know, puffy face, pajamas all day. It wasn't graceful being in it. You know, this is kind of with hindsight that I'm able to share these experiences. And for me, I think what made micro joys so profound was that they did not require that I find a silver lining out of the garbage that was my current life. You know, they were profound because there was this juxtaposition. And I think that is often the challenge with toxic positivity. And it's sort of why I felt guilty when, you know, having written a book about positive thinking, I couldn't get into it. And I think part of it is because we feel shame when we can't. Right. And microjoys is saying, no, both things are true. Life is the full spectrum and it's not good or bad, but we need to save that space for both things to happen. Because to me, it was almost, microjoys almost became an honoring of what was also true. My mom existed in this lifetime. My nephew existed in this lifetime. I was a different person in this lifetime. And being so present, and I love that you you picked up on that right away because the entire book is about hope and presence. Because to me, when we are in the present moment, it allows everything else to fall away. And when I talk about micro joys, you know, being hand in hand, like grief in one hand and joy in the other, micro joys work almost as a respite from the difficult thing. 
because they're already there. And so this mindset of micro joys is about recognizing what's in front of you, recognizing and finding ways to become present so that you have this reserve when difficult things happen, because they will happen. You know, God willing, not everyone's story will look like mine, but compound grief is not uncommon. And I only came to learn that later. Like there's an actual word for it, compound grief, when one thing happens after the other. And, you know, Zibi, I know it sounds trite when I say this is life and it happens, but I remember sort of digging in. Everything for me is about where can I find research and data uh, when I'm in the midst of trauma. And I remember reading about folks who had lost like their entire family in a car accident and they were the one survivor and just these horrific stories that helped me to ground in what was and to say, Cindy, you're not special in any of this. Of course, I'm special. I have gray hair. I'm adorable. I'm all <laughs> You do have great hair. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not special when it comes to difficult things happening. And of course, it sucked that it all happened at once, but this can happen and it happens all the time. And so I just, I, part of me really wants to normalize that for folks that are going through it, because even though the book hasn't come out, you know, just with interviews and things I've done, I've had people DM me and say, I lost all these people within this amount of time. It's not uncommon. I think we're just privileged if we haven't experienced it. I had a year of compound grief, I guess we'll call it now. In yeah. 2001 with my best friend on 9-11 and my two grandfathers and my stepbrother and my best friend from high school from all different traumatic things. Anyway, so I would have loved to have your book then. You know, it would have been such a balm, but I don't know. I don't think I was looking around for books. Sure. Make me Most happy. of us aren't in the midst of yeah. it. I do remember at one point I bought some, like a couple of books on grief just to give to my family and like uh, to be like, look, like it's okay. You know, cause everybody yes. wanted to be like, get over it. You know, like, yes, I, was just yes. like I, I cannot get over this right now. Yeah. So I feel like I should talk a little bit about the structure of the book because that's also unique. It could have been a memoir. Like this could have just been memoir. It could, it could be just an advice book, but this is sort of a hybrid and that each chapter is about an experience or some thought about that brings you joy. And then at the end, you have these little things that encourage the reader to do their own thing. Like I want to go through and do, I mean, I don't have time to do this, but if I had more time or maybe, you know, I don't know, on a vacation, like I want to go and do all of your challenges because they're not hard. They would be so good to do. So helpful, you know, like go into it. I mean, it's like go into a store and look around. Okay. You know, I should be able to do that. Right. And then I, I even wrote this whole essay over the holidays, I actually like went shopping in a mall <laughs> to Ooh. get holiday gifts. And I'm like, well done you. <laughs> no, I went with all my kids. We had the best time. Well, three of my kids and my husband. And, and I was like, wow, I could have done this online. And somehow, some years I do it online. And oh my gosh, look what I was giving up. Like the experience and the memories. And, you know, and I think that's sort of what you're saying is like the moments you can snatch them. And anyway, I also loved, I'm jumping all around here because there's so much in here, but I loved your chapter also when you said that you had put on some weight, but you said it in such a nice way. You said like, it's as if my body knew I needed a little extra to, you know, cause I, I would be hugged more or wait, maybe I could find it. Oh, here it's called the polka dot glass. And oh my gosh, when you found the glass, as if, as if it knew that I would need to be held and comforted during a time of great loss, my body became softer and more full. I was now two sizes larger than I'd ever been before. My clothes no longer fit. And, and then you say, I also didn't fit into this new world in the same way that I'd once confidently sauntered through the old one. And then you said, after months of feeling uncomfortable, you 
basically purged your closets. And then you said, I was no lifted from my closet, but well, I'll do this whole thing. After finishing up going through your closet, I tearfully looked at the overflowing bags with both relief and delight. So many unnecessary clothes and so much weight and burden lifted from my closet, but also from my shoulders. I could breathe easier. I was no longer holding myself to a standard that didn't fit the woman I am today. And in this instance, fitting had nothing at all to do with size, but everything to do with how I felt. Mm. So great. I love that. Mm. I feel like during times of transformation, like, is it such a shock that we have to sort of recover ourselves? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also reassess who we are. You know, I remember, I mean, just that time, it's so visceral. And I am grateful for the stories in this book because they'll always keep the top of mind for me because of time we lose things, you know? But I remember when I was writing that essay, Zibi thinking just with such detail about how I felt. And it didn't occur to me to just say, like, I packed on all this weight, you know, because of the pandemic and grief. And it was really about the detail. and how it felt to release things and to allow myself to transition and to recognize that I was going to be okay. And I just think that is so representative of transitions that we go through all the time in our lives, but we don't always stop long enough to recognize them and to honor them. Yeah. And to find a reason behind them instead of beating yourself up, right? Like finding the grace in that. And it's so nice. Mm. I also believe in signs like with your mom, oh my gosh, tell that story. Was it the which one? Because I told with a lot the, of stories. With the, no, with the pork the chops on the, oh. the, the pork chops on the grill. Oh my gosh. Oh my you were like, Mom, I need a sign. Yeah, yeah. So the the quick do you want me to tell a quick version of the story? Yeah, tell a quick version of the story. Yeah. So a quick version of the story was I don't remember exactly what I was doing, Zibby, but I was I think I was packing for a trip. And I just remember pulling out pictures of my mom and my nephew. I had made this collage. I pulled out pictures and I'd just been missing my mom in that moment. It might've been the first trip I took since all of this happened. And I just outwardly said like, mom, let me know if you're still here. And that was it. And I kept doing everything that I was doing. And I got a call from my brother about 15 minutes later. And he's like, 
Pops, you're never going to believe what happened. He said, you know, I was cooking pork chops on the grill and then so-and-so came to the door and I started talking to them and I went, oh shit, was there a fire? And he said, well, no, that's the weird thing. I expected there to be a fire, but he went back now 15 minutes on a windless day. This was a beautiful day. There was no wind blowing. He had all of the burners on, on the grill. He said, I went to the backyard to get dinner and all of the burners were off and nobody else was around to turn them off. He's like, I don't mean that the flames blew out. The burners were off and the pork chops were perfectly cooked. He's like, I just don't know how that happened. And I said to him, and how long ago was this? And he said, I had to guess, I'd say 15 minutes ago. And that was almost exactly the time that I asked my mom out loud to show me a sign that she was still there. Oh my gosh. I love stuff like that. That's amazing. But you have to pay attention, right? It's like, we have to, we have to be mindful enough. I don't think that that's a foreign thing to happen. I think most times we just miss them. On the anniversary of 9-11 this year, I was in this hotel room in Toronto because my husband had a movie in the Toronto Film Festival. And, you know, I was watching the the stuff on TV and I was like writing about it. And I was just like, okay, I just, like, I just need a little sign, you know, just yeah. give me a sign. And her sign was, is ladybugs. Like whenever This we is see your ladybugs. best friend. This is my best friend. Yeah. And we were in the hotel and then we stopped watching the coverage And my husband started like flipping through the channels, like right after I said this, like, I just need a sign. And the next thing was Ladybug Girl on TV. And I know it could have just been on, but like, I don't know. I feel like there's meaning in all those little things. Maybe it's just wishful thinking, but anyway, I'm with you. And so I, I loved seeing that part too. And oh my gosh. And you write about growing up, you know, with a a childhood where you were in poverty and then you Mm -hmm. contrast it to like sitting by a beautiful pool in Italy and how mm-hmm. you're like this and, and that the two can live together. And yeah. uh, tell me more about that. Yeah. So I talk about growing up to me, so much of who I am today is because of growing up with a lived experience of poverty. You know, I talk in the book about being on food stamps and eating sugary foods and sugary drinks. And for the most part, I had a great childhood. I think there's this idea that if you don't have that you're miserable or you're abused in some way. You know, my mom loved me. My brothers loved me. I was the youngest. I was the only girl. You know, maybe we weren't going on vacations. And I talk in the book about, you know, these. we had a food town not far from us. And there were these plastic milk crates because it was the 80s, the late 70s, early 80s. And my brothers would help because they were young at the time. They would help people take their groceries to their car. And I don't know, somehow we ended up getting the plastic, the gray plastic containers from the milk crates. And there was, you know, like gutter water backs up, which I know sounds gross, but it's just <laughs> rainwater. But because I was so little, they would put me in the milk contain, like the milk, what the hell are they called? Yeah, milk crates. Milk crates. Thank you. Perimenopause brain. Um, so I would get in the milk crates and they would just push me down the backed up rainwater. And it was great. I felt like I was on vacation. It was, it was pouring rain outside. It's me and my brothers. And it was fantastic, you know, and, and as I grew up and went to school and, you know, got my master's degree and traveled around the world and worked in the fashion industry, I obviously experienced a very different life. One where I fly around the world in business class and first class, and I meet with these beautiful artisans and I'm drinking the best wines and I've been all over the world. And so, you know, I know the difference between the two. And even given that, I still don't think one is better than the other. I just think they're different. But it was important that I share that because I think it's quite easy for people to make assumptions about me by looking at me, by listening to me speak, by looking at me, by looking at my resume. 
and assume that I've always been this way, but I haven't. And I think part of it is also wanting people to not be so quick to judge or assume that they know things about a person by who they are in this moment. You know, we talked earlier about transformation. To me, you know, my life is about transformation, but that's not to say that there's nothing wrong with the, that there's anything wrong with the way that it was either. It's just different. Wow. I love that so much. It's also good. What is your life like now? Like what is your, you have the book out, like what are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Like, are you still in this small town that you moved to? And yes, Montclair. It's not that small, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was picturing some like remote quaint village. I don't know. That sounds cute. That sounds cute. But no, I'm 20 miles outside of that. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm still here. Much of it is still the same, except I don't have as much free time to sit around and do nothing as I highly recommend in the book. You know, I think partially I wouldn't have been able to write Mike Rejoice if I was still living in the city. And I think because I wasn't quiet enough. You know, it's very hard to be that quiet in New York City with a constant, the shift. I mean, you know this, but there's a constant energy and a buzz. And being here has al- like, it allowed me the quietude to really sit in the day-to-day. So from the day, you know, in the day-to-day, I'm still doing what I've always done. You know, I'm giving talks, I'm working, I'm living my life. It's, it's still, and I think will always be much quieter than my life was, just in the sense that I'm not, in New York City, I feel like there's 17 things a day to do. You can meet up with this person for lunch and then, you know, quickly meet up with somebody after that. It's just quieter here. And I don't know that we'll stay here forever, but the book comes out in a month. And so I'm quite busy in the meantime, you know, there's, there's always a lot that's happening and it's beautiful. And I I feel very much like I'm ready for this because the last few years I've had to be quiet in a way that I never, ever have before. And it has been balm for my soul. Wow. I want you to write an essay for Zimmy Mag if you have any interest. We're doing one essay a month, one essay a week from authors. And I just I just love how you write and how you think about things. And it's all about like different holidays or times of year to like commemorate or talk about. And I feel like you would be, if you have any interest. Excellent. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So what advice do you have on the writing side? It felt like very much like as you, and even as you described that these were moments that you had and recorded and like you were so granular in the detail, I think, which makes it so powerful to read. What is your advice? Should we, should we stop in a busy day and write a little snippet of something that made us happy? Should we wait? Should we like, what is your your take on it? (laughs) You know, the one thing I'll say about Mike Rejoice, and this was really important, even in the language of that end section, I promise I'm going to come back where it says, consider this. Initially that section was try this. And I remember reaching back out to my editor and I said, I don't want to say try this because I don't have the recipe for someone else's joy. So I can only offer you things from my own lived experience, but I was very specific about even the language used. And the reason I bring that up is because I can't give anyone else a prescription for this. I think there are many ways that you can try it, but what I would suggest is that if you want to build this mindset of microgen, you allow yourself the opportunity to be present. And one of the ways that I do that is by uh, documenting everything. So I have 27,000 pictures in my phone. They are not of sexy things. They are not selfies of me looking nice. They are of random things like coffee, like the ceiling in a restaurant. The reason I do that is because I know that my brain will flip to the next thought in a second. And when I scroll through my phone, when I just need a moment to ground, I will just scroll through my phone and relive those moments. 
those everyday ordinary moments. So I would say if somebody else is a writer, then by all means journal. If it's easier for you to snap a quick picture, snap a quick picture. But at the core of all of it is about presence. And, and the easiest way for me to access that is, you know, I will set the timer on my phone for five minutes and go sit in a chair in a corner and not allow myself to do anything, not read a book, not look at my phone. I can look out the window. I can look at what's around me, but what it does, because the idea of five minutes of uninterrupted thought like time, it's so rare. It forces me to notice the details of things like the light that's shining through my window right now, or the way a leaf might look extra green because of the sunshine. It forces us to see our space differently. So five minutes at a time or what, you know, it's interesting. Don't allow yourself to do anything and see what happens. Yeah, that sounds nice. (laughs) (laughs) I give that to you, Zippy. Thank you. (laughs) And by the way, I love Wendy Sherman. She's awesome. Um, She's pretty great, huh? Yeah. Um, I saw her for dinner two nights ago. You did. Oh my gosh. I love her. Great agent. Yeah. She's a good egg. Okay. Cindy, thank you. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. I'm really so excited about your book. So congrats. And yeah. Thanks. I, I thank you truly, Zibby. It means a lot. I take any and all help now. I learned that over the past few years <laughs> uh, in, in spreading the word about microchase, but truly thank you. And thank you for reading the book. You know, oh, that's taking time out of, out of your life to read my words. That's, that means a lot. So I thank oh, you for that. Thanks for having that, me. That made my life better. I mean, really, yeah. it was like, it's like a big reset. That's why I love reading. It's like <sighs> you get, it, it's just such a gift. It is. It is, isn't it? I get to like live your life for as long as I read the book. It's so cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you should, you should listen to the audiobook. The audiobook is, oh. I'm listening to it now and I'm like, oh gosh, this is nice. I might just listen to my own stories okay. read back by That's me. That's a good idea. Um, I love it. But, okay. But I thank you, Zippy. I thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thanks for coming. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.